When wishes were horses and beggars could ride, in a stone castle by the sea there lived a rich land. How am I supposed to choose? There are so many. And so he left the trail, and he followed the sound of the music. I am the goat from the hills and the mountains. And when I have finished eating these herbs and these vegetables, then I shall eat you, too. Once upon a time, and welcome to the Story Story Podcast. I am Rachel Ann Harding, and I have some stories for you. This is May Madness, where I bring you a new story and storyteller every day of the week, because I'm obsessed with stories, and I can't wait to share more with you. The sponsor for today's episode is an actual object. It's the book recently written by Chenga Zalka, a storyteller who's been on the podcast. Her new book, Dancing on Blades, Rare and Exquisite Folk Tales from the Carpathian Mountains, is a collection of rare stories from Hungary. The tales were told over a hundred years ago. But through research, translations, and embellishments, Chenga has given these almost lost stories new lives and fresh faces. My favorite part of every story has been getting to the end and reading the translation notes. Go check out her book and see what you think. This episode is also brought to you by the Patreon supporter, Robbie Knight. Robbie is a modern maven of social media, storyteller, and patron of the arts. A big thank you to her and all the other patrons. If you'd like to become a supporter of the podcast for as little as $4 a month, you can find links on storystorypodcast.com and hear me read your name and thank your beautiful face for the world to hear. If becoming a supporter isn't in the cards right now, then help the podcast grow by sending this along to a friend. Your friend will appreciate a bedtime story, and I will appreciate you sharing the podcast with another pair of ears. The theme for this week is Aren't You Clever? Tales about clever characters and the storytellers that tell them. Richard Martin is a storyteller based in England, but he's able to reach many audiences around the world with his recorded stories on Vimeo. If you'd like to see him tell this next story, you can find it on Vimeo. But until then, listen to him tell one of my favorite stories. The Greatest Pickpocket. In this story, there are people with very, very clever hands indeed. Now, one of the people is the woman who uses her clever hands to help the babies out into the world. A midwife. And I'm sure you women indeed will say, yes, yes, a midwife does need clever hands indeed. But the other person who needed clever hands, well, he used his hands to slip them into your pockets, take out whatever was there, and he'd be off to Munich before you'd even lost it. He was a pickpocket. And this is a tale about the best pickpocket in England. He was brilliant. And he lived in London at a time when people had big pockets and they had their silk handkerchiefs, they had their purses of gold, they had their golden watches. <gasps> a good time to be a pickpocket indeed. And this man, I tell you, he was the best. He was so good, he was never, ever caught. Ah, you say he must be very rich, uh, very nice situation to be in. But... And there's always a but in the story, isn't there? But there was a problem. You see, although he was never caught, his fame grew so great 
that everyone began to talk about the amazing pickpocket who could take everything out. And then they said, don't carry anything in your pockets, leave it all at home. (laughs) So, very soon, there was not a pocket left in London for him to pick. (laughs) Now you might say, well, no problem. Let him take fru renta. Um, He must be very rich by now. But you must understand, this man, he wasn't just an ordinary thief like the rest of us. No, no. This man was a genuine, dedicated artist. And if there were no pockets to pick, he must follow his art to where there were. So, that is what he did. One day he set off down the great road to the west and he came to Bristol. Now, Bristol, a fine city in those days. Rich city, many pockets, very nice. For a while. Until again, I said, that, that, that big box from London, he must be down here. Lost everything, lost everything. Once more, not a pocket at all. Okay. If that is the way it was, that was the way it was. The on his travel scale, went up to Liverpool. Fine, rich city in those days. So very nice for a while. And so it was. This poor man, this poor artist, he was pushed from city to city, town to town, until there was not a pocket left in England for him to pick. All right, he said, go up north of the border. Be a gastarbeiter up in Scotland. <coughs> he came one day, one fine spring day, he came to the city of Edinburgh. Now, perhaps some of you have been to Edinburgh, have you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Prince's Street. Yeah. He stood at the top of Prince's Street this fine spring morning. Look down there. Oh, it was full of people. And they all had pockets bulging. Right? Oh, off he went. Wonderful time. Now, he had just taken a very nice gold watch from a gentleman's pocket and transferred it into his own. (laughs) When something happened, which was to change his life. There, on the other side of the road, stood a young lady looking into a shop window. (gasps) Love at first sight, you know? Come on, we're all romantic at heart. Love at first sight it was. But this is where, when I said he was a genuine, dedicated artist, I can prove it to you, because although she was the most beautiful woman he had ever seen, she had pockets to pick, and pick them he must. So, leaving that uh, gentleman's watch there, moved over across, brushed against her, as he'd done a thousand times before, Slipped his fingers in, came out with a nice, ooh, nice silk handkerchief, which, moving away, he transferred into his own pocket where the gentleman's watch had been. <laughs> because it wasn't there now. He looked around. There. On the other side of the road, he could see her. Slowly turning to him. (laughs) And that is how the finest pickpocket in England met 
the finest pickpocket in Scotland. Oh, yeah, you can imagine. It was not long before the two of them were sitting there in a tavern drinking a glass of wine to their future lives together. (laughs) A marriage, if not made in heaven, at least in hell, but yeah, and married they were and happy they were. And you know what happens when two young people get married. So soon those babies come, yes, and she became pregnant. Just imagine how it was for them. They thought, not just ordinary for parents first time, but here, we are going to have, surely, Father, who's the finest pickpocket in England, the mother, who's the finest pickpocket in Sutton, our baby's going to be the greatest pickpocket in the world. Oh, oh they were so excited. Of course. And the months went by, as the months always do. And at last, one winter's day, he said, Quick, quick, the baby's on his way. Run and fetch the midwife. Do you remember the midwife with her clever hand? Run and fetch the midwife. He brought the midwife back, and she worked, and she worked, and she worked. All the time he was thinking, not just the birth of my baby, but the birth of the greatest pickpocket in the world. (laughs) But. I've said there's always a but in a story, yeah. But I'm afraid this is where my tale must take a tragic turn. Because the baby that was born... Instead of the baby they hoped with the finest fingers, the cleverest hands which would dip into a million pockets, why, that baby, cruel fate it was. The baby was born with his fingers bunched together in his fist. So tight, the midwife could not open them. That little hand locked to his chest. She could not open the arm. And that should be the greatest big one. Yeah. It was cruel irony. But, as you know, parents, they love their children, however they are. But also, parents hope. And when, a few days later, he heard of an old woman, an old woman who lived far to the north, an old woman who had a magic diamond at her throat, a magic diamond which could cure many cases the doctors could do nothing with. When he heard that, why, his hope turned to action. The very next day, wrapped the baby in blankets and shawls, they carried the baby into the, into the coach to take them up the long road to the north. Up they went through the winter snow. The snow higher and higher and higher. At last the coach could go no further. They got onto the back to the horses and carried on riding to the coast. And there there was a boatman who rowed them across the stormy sea to the little island where the old woman lived. And as he came there the boatman pointed up the hillside. There the old woman lives. And they got out of the boat, carrying the baby, struggling up the hillside. Was it worth it so far? Could it, this magic thing, could it work? They came to the door. Come in and bring the baby. She knew about the baby. 
they opened the doors. At first it was so dark there they could see almost nothing. And then they worked out, she said, by a low fire sat the old woman all in black. Bring me the baby and show me his fist. She knew about the baby's fist. They gave her the baby. They watched as she lifted a handful of dried and no doubt magic leaves, scattered them on the fire, which burst into flames. And in the light of those flames, they saw at last that magic diamond glinting at her throat. They saw as the old woman stroked and stroked and stroked the baby's fist. And yes, in the light of the flames, it did seem at last the baby's arm was opening out, drawn towards the diamond. Yes, at last those fingers, for the first time in the baby's life, began to open towards the diamond. And then it was. They saw out it came from the darkness of the baby's hand at last. The midwife's wedding ring. And that is a story of the greatest pickpocket in the world. Thank you for listening to the Story Story Podcast. Show the love. Find Richard Martin on the internet, tell him you heard him on the podcast, and now want to hear him tell more stories. You can find me and the podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Story Story Podcast or Rachel Ann Harding. Look up Changa Zalka's new book, Dancing on Blades, and check out the ads for the fairy tale sponsors on social media. Let me know the favorite story you have heard or the favorite stories of your childhood. Who knows? Maybe you'll hear them here soon. Like and rate the show on iTunes, head over to the website, join the mailing list for hidden goodies. And if you tune in, you'll hear more stories tomorrow. But until then, live happily ever after. Mary Kate opened up the door, and there on the doorstep, wrapped in his own blanket, was her baby. And to this day, Anansi spins webs so that he can catch the flea, the fly, and the moth that got away. If you go down to the lake on a clear day, when the water lies as calm as a sheet of glass, you can still see the rooftops of the castle glittering in the sunlight. And if you listen really closely, you can even hear the festive music.